What were you doing in the early 2000s? A time when Britney, Blockbuster, Napster, and Nokia ruled the world. Joe and Mel present the week that was 20 years ago. T-20, a podcast about not-so-ancient history. Week of 15 September 2002. T-20, the rest is history. Britney, bitch. T-20, you need to nominate two housemates. If you think you're some bitches full of crap, give me a hell yeah! Welcome to T Minus 20, the little podcast that we make about not so ancient history each and every week, looking at everything happening in pop culture this time 20 years ago. Last time I looked, my name was Joe, and I was one half of the hosts, and looking pretty good over there is Mel, the other half. Hi everyone, we're looking at the week of the 15th to the 21st of September in 2002. This time 20 years ago, we were pretty worried about the koalas and had an unusual method for checking in on them. We still are. We, we are. still are worried yeah. about the koalas because yeah. they're pretty dopey creatures, but we'll get into more of that later on. <laughs> the Hyundai gets, is it Hyundai? Hyundai, Hyundai, depends on Hyundai. What hemisphere you're in? <laughs> well, it hits the streets. That little car, that little zippy one. We had so many TV shows that premiered, including one very famous and look, I'm going to say somewhat questionable doctor. Oh, really? Mm. Not sure of his credentials. Mm, well, I've got his credentials, but I'm still not sure. I'm not sure of him. And this time 20 years ago, Kurt Cobain's final recording got the okay for release. Yeah, it was a good one too. Were you a fan of Nirvana? I loved Nirvana. Did you? Before they were cool. Oh, obviously. <laughs> Goes without saying. No, I really did. I, I can remember being very young and mm. I used to lie in bed and plug my headphones in and listen to the Sydney radio station. So I was living about an hour's drive outside of Sydney mm-hmm. and I used to listen to like Triple M back in the day. There was a show called You're Club so Veg. So hardcore. And, and occasionally Triple J and those were the two stations that I was kind of tuned into and I can remember hearing smells like teen spirit Mm, on the mm. radio and just thinking, oh, my God, what is this? So it wasn't really before they were cool because Bleach was their (laughs) first album and all the hardcore fans were into them when Bleach came out. But what I discovered throughout the course of the next few years was how wildly popular they would become, which kind of annoyed me because – the same kids that were listening to rap and hip-hop and dressing in that sort of style and mm. fashion completely jumped the fence and started getting into grunge and started wearing clothes that I'd always worn. <laughs> it's just really like I, I, I struggled with it. it They've was a taken problem. your fashions. It was a and problem. You it was cultural happy. appropriation. <laughs> Whereas, you know, we don't seem to have that problem these days. Like kids mm. are into everything. They're mm. into a bit of rap. They're into a bit of hip-hop. They're into a bit of metal. They're a bit of pop, like whatever. And everyone yeah. kind of just accepts it. It's a much nicer place to be. I'd like to think that the playground is a little less dangerous a place these days, but who knows. Maybe that's just because I'm a parent and I'm kidding myself. <laughs> I if think- I think about it too much, I'll go mad. <laughs> My experience of Nirvana really was just seeing Smell Like Teen Spirit on uh, video hits and Rage. I had this little thing when I was younger where I'd watch Rage first and I'd write down all the songs yep. in order on, yep. on A4 lined paper and then I'd watch video hits and I'd cross-reference to see if the numbers were the same. And there was yep. a few times where they weren't and I actually rang and 
discussed really? it with them. That was yeah. God, that was you were a, a wowser even when you were younger. <laughs> I know nothing's changed. That was kind of my experience. I, I never really got that into them. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing when you found out that Kurt had died? Uh, so that was April 8, 1994. Okay, so I, I think year, you might remember. I was, so I was in year, year 12 in school. I, we yeah. woke up. I, I was actually listening to the Sydney radio stations again lying in bed, I think. Yeah, right. Or, or it could have been on the news the next day. I can't. I, th- I might have heard it on the news. I definitely heard it on the radio, though. Yeah. So it would have been, I would have either had it, and it was in my, I was in my room. I know yeah. I was in my room. I'm just trying to figure out whether it was morning or evening, but I do remember it very, very well. Yeah. At that stage, Nirvana, I'd kind of gone off Nirvana, though. They'd become quite annoying, and I not because of the music, mm. because Kurt... Courtney and all that stuff, they just uh, became like the walking yes. headline, which I yes. think we'll talk a little bit more about later on. Yep. But that annoyed me. It was just irritating. And I think Kurt himself was deliberately irritating because he just grew really tired of the press and the media and all the mm. stuff around the music that he was trying to create. Yeah, he just wanted know. to do the music, didn't he? Well, yeah, mm. but then he shacked up with Courtney Love, who is a walking headline. So the whole yeah. – that confused me and it annoyed me and yeah. I really didn't want to think too much about it. I'd kind of moved on and started to really go down uh, more of a rabbit hole of heavy metal at mm. that stage. It just seemed a bit more true to who I was at the mm. time, I guess. And perhaps and, and every, Well, everyone else was into grunge and stuff, so I just had to move into something more obnoxious and aggressive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, look, logical yeah. logical choice. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Something else you were into around that time, although last week not so into. <gasps> oh, we kind of glazed over it as well. I think we need to have a discussion. I got it wrong. The my- movie clue. Well, okay. I got it wrong on my first guess. You jumped in really quickly. I feel like you didn't think about it properly. I'll you take jumped it. the gun and then you listened a bit more and you got it pretty quickly after I, that. I so have to accept that I got the movie clue wrong last week. If you just waited a little bit instead of jumping right in there, I think Story you would have been life. fine. It was like being prepubescent all over again. What, now? Now? Ready? Now? Oh, it's too late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take my headphones Time off. Time to redeem yourself. Okay. Headphones are off. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll check back in later on and have a listen. But anyway, this is the movie clue for this week. Peepee, water and towels. Understand? Everywhere I turn, there she is. Peepee. I think I'm going to kill that woman. Play it again. Play it again? Mm-hmm. Okay. Peepee, water and towels. Understand? Everywhere I turn, there she is. Peepee. I think I'm going to kill that woman. Done? Done. We done? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're done. We'll check back in with that a little bit. Well, at the end of the show. Let's yes. not kid ourselves. you got to listen right to the end if you want to get the movie clue. Or you can skip through the chapters. Technology is a wonderful thing. Let's do the news. All right, news. 20th of September, pretty nasty disaster over in North Ossetia, Alania, Russia. The Kolka, Karmadan rock and ice slide started. It was triggered following a partial collapse of the Kolka Glacier and it caused a rock-slash-ice avalanche. That sounds horrendous as well as a mudslide and big mud flow afterwards and lots of flooding. It occurred on the northern slope of Mount Kazbek and seriously impacted the valley of Geneldon and Carmadon. Yeah, so we're talking about a fairly sizable chunk of glacier, 150 metres thick, travelling 32 kilometres down a gorge, and then after that, 
this huge outflow of mud and debris. Like all of that earth and stuff has to go somewhere, and it went somewhere. All right, it went two. It was like two hundred meters wide, a hundred meters thick. All of that mud and earth. It buried an entire village called Nizhny in Kamadan under ice and snow and debris. And two other villages became at risk of flooding at the time because it's like there's melted, mm. there's melted, like because the water is melted and all of that sort of stuff. So it's very messy. 25th of September, they used explosives to break up the avalanche flow five days later, but they couldn't reduce any of the flood waters and more than 120 people died. Now, that sounds terrible, and it is. The interesting thing is there was a film crew of 27 mm. people there and one of the Russia's most famous actors, Sergei Bodrov Jr., was killed mm. along with the film crew in the disaster. Now, Russian films, obviously not too big with us Westerners, but there mm. was a couple of movies that, that the Russians really celebrated over there, one called Brother and Brother 2, and there was another one, um, oh, what was it called? In the Shadow of the Mountain or something like Prisoner that? Prisoner of the Mountains. Prisoner of the Mountains, that's it. Uh, and that was a, a classic foreign film. I think mm. it may have won some Academy Awards. And Sergei Bodrov Jr. was in that as well. So... He is filming and the the entire crew get buried under this horrible, horrible rock and ice slide. Yeah, they sent out a search party and then later confirmed that Sergi and, and pretty much the whole crew had, had perished, which is terrible. Yeah. Let's try and lighten it a little bit. Let's go back a couple of days to the 18th of September and talk animal news with a major survey that started on the 18th of September. What was this all about? The purpose of the survey was to track and measure koala numbers in New South Wales over a two-year period. So this came at a time where there were declining numbers of koalas. A lot were driven out by development. There was a lot of land clearing happening, as well as some fears around high numbers that had perished in the 2001 Christmas bushfire. So they weren't too sure of, of numbers as a result of those bushfires. Yep. So they were trying to find out how many koalas they actually had in the area. They wanted to gather evidence for this particular survey that there were koalas in the Warragamba Dam catchment area mm. because I think a few people had reported sightings of, of koalas, but they yeah. were unverified. Right. Mm. So, look, on an evolutionary scale, mm. it's kind of surprising that the koala has gotten this far. They are a little bit dopey. When you think about it, they're very mm. slow. They mm. get high off eucalyptus. Yes. They basically sit up in the trees, stoned out of their minds on eucalyptus, <laughs> All day, yeah, and don't move very fast. And yeah, they just kind of bumble around, don't they? You, once they come down from the trees, when you're that baked on eucalyptus, <laughs> you really don't even have any urges to kind of reproduce or anything like that. It's really bad for your libido, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, to gather the evidence for this survey, this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, wildlife officers were playing taped koala mating calls out into the bush in the hope of hearing a response coming back from, oh, from the koalas. Oh, they wanted to get them to call back. The mating call of a koala, I don't know if you've ever heard it. We've, mm. we've got a sample here. It's been described as a cross between a donkey braying and a frog vomiting. So before you go on about how cute you think koalas are, have a listen to this. Excuse me? That's supposed to get you in the mood? Well, it's very primal, isn't it? (laughs) 
How are you feeling over there? Oh, hold me back. <laughs> so there's a Should bunch. Get you a vinyl seat. <laughs> there's a bunch of people with their tape decks out playing that noise near the Warragamba Dam. <laughs> Sounds a bit like me before I got my CPAP machine. <laughs> it does sound like a frog vomiting, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a not loud, great. A loud frog. It's not I, great. I wonder what would happen, though, if the, the koala did hear that and then came out and what happens next? Well, yeah, well they'd, and, they'd be annoying, wouldn't they? Because they're mm. like they're getting cock-blocked by a guy with a tape deck. <laughs> You know, it'd be very, very disappointing for the yes, poor koala who's confusing. made that huge effort to get out of the tree. It's a lot Look, of work. And you know what? They are huge. And they, they are, are. They're like a national treasure, koalas. Yes. Every time a tourist or a celebrity from another country comes out here, there's yes. always the gratuitous, oh, we got to go and get a photo of them with a koala. Mm. You haven't mm. been to Australia until you've been peed on by a koala. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I guess they, they look cuddly as well, but their fur is – you've cuddled a koala. Yeah, it's kind of sort of scratchy and rough. Those marsupials, yeah, they don't, they're not soft, are they? No, they look like they'd be soft and fluffy, but they're not, they're not and they're very all. scratchy. Yeah, they've, they've got, got very sharp claws, claws for climbing they trees. Yeah, scratch you. They were also examining, actually, scratchings on the trees as well as droppings. Yeah. I think I would have bagged – being the one that examined the scratchings as opposed, as opposed to, to the, the droppings. droppings or playing the mating call. They'd smell, they'd I'd, smell I'd go like for the um, double D eucalyptus drops or something like that, wouldn't they? <laughs> oh, my cold's cleared up. Yeah. Fabulous. Good for you. I, it is a bit sad. And it's funny that we find ourselves in the same position mm. now with koalas because obviously with the bushfires that happened a few years ago, they were even more devastating than the ones in 2001. So a huge decline in the population of koalas there as well. I mean, they live in trees, all the trees burn and the koalas go with them. It was just awful. Well, in February this year, the Australian government officially declared the koala endangered mm. following the decline in population due to bushfires. Yeah, that's terrible. Drought disease, there's a lot of disease as well. Is it... What is it that they get? Um, oh, like syphilis or yeah, something, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and loss of habitat, obviously. So syphilis, you know, maybe a little less of this, fellas. <laughs> Start maybe. practicing some safe sex. Yes, maybe Although that's not going to help them multiply either. So, you know, it's you're damned if you do and damned if you don't if you're a koala. Not a really good position to be in. No. Around 2002, we had 185,000 estimated koalas. Uh, as of 2021, that number had fallen to 92,000. Wow. That's wow. pretty sad, isn't it? That is terrible. You yeah. know, though, there was a great story that came out of the bushfires. I don't know if you remember this, where the koala, some of the koalas were saved and some of the wildlife that was tree-dwelling hmm. were saved by wombats. Do you remember this story? Oh, yes. We're hearing this in the news game. That has got to be BS. But no, apparently true. Wombats opened up their burrows to other animals. So koalas were like, listen, it's uh, there's a bit of a fire outside. Do you mind if we come in? And the wombats are like, oh, I suppose so. We'll bring the eucalyptus. Let them in, yeah. And you give us the shelter. Yeah. I think they reluctantly allowed other animals in. I don't, and I don't know that they necessarily sort of said, hey, come on over. Probably didn't have a choice. (laughs) Oh, Lord, there's a fire. And they all came in, yeah. Also, an animal that you think would be cuddly but very rough and scratchy as well. I love wombats. 
Love wombats, love love all Australian yeah. wildlife. Really, love going for a walk up in the bush and uh, and spying a kangaroo. Although I went up Yarambi Hills near Tuggeranong the other day mm. for a bit of a walk mm. and uh, walked straight into a mob of kangaroos who were very, <laughs> very cool and calm and collected about having a human right in the middle of them. Ooh. Me, not so much. Like mm. kangaroos can be a bit scary. Yeah, if they're not fight, used yeah. To, yeah. Well, especially if the big buck is around yes. somewhere. Anyway, they were super chilled and they were just like, oh, look at this idiot. He looks a bit scared anyway. Um, <laughs> whatever. They weren't too worried about me. Um, but, yeah. We do have some odd-looking animals, don't we? We do. Mm. Don't get me started on platypus. <laughs> it's a conversation for another time. New segment. Oh. Some car news. Oh, it's like Top Gear for people who don't know anything about cars. <laughs> Yeah, we're not very not good a with car cars. guy. Like like cars, no, like I... traveling in them, like driving mm. them. Don't mm. mind maintaining them to a degree, but not a car guy. Mm. I tinted my windows once and it went really badly. That's yeah. about my skill level. Uh-huh. Two thousand and two, though, the release of the oh Hyundai Hyundai Hyundai. We'd say Hyundai. Hyundai. We all you know, say actually, hi to Hyundai in Australia. You know who'd know who. That guy. Oh, that guy, the language person. The guy. That, that says the things. The pronunciation, the pronunciation guy. person on YouTube. Let's find out. That has out. The, the, the accent that you can't place. <laughs> yes, it's a very odd well, accent, I can, isn't it? I do remember in Australia we had mm. the commercials and it was we all say, say hi, hi to, to Hyundai. But then I did a voiceover for one once and I was specifically told to say Hyundai. Hyundai. Day. Well, day. that was Probably after somebody actually bothered to look up the pronunciation guy. Let's have a look. <laughs> Where is he? The pronunciation guy. People would be so frustrated that that would trigger so many people. It's pronunciation. I know. I know it is. What's he saying? We are looking at how to pronounce the name of famous Korean car manufacturer, a it's brand a guy. that is very well established globally by now, but globally. it's always the same struggle. How do, we do you go him? about pronouncing no. the name of this brand? Well, I'm going to give you a pronunciation that is as close as you can sort of get it from the original genuine Korean pronunciation of the brand, okay. and that would be Hyundai, Hyundai. Hyundai, Hyundai, not Hyundai or Hyundai, Hyundai, oh. Hyundai. The Koreans would say it slightly differently, but it's very difficult to exactly mimic. But that would be essentially Hyundai, Hyundai. Hyundai is essentially how Hun- you want to say it. Here are many Hyundai. more videos on how to pronounce Okay, that's enough. Uh, don't need to listen to him plug his channel, like, subscribe, Hyundai. whatever, shut up. Hyundai, uh, how, does the, how do Hyundai. the British say it? Hmm? I don't know. I don't trust a man. Hyundai. Hyundai. Oh, there you go. That's the proper Queen's English. Hyundai. Thank I'm you. I'm going to go with Hyundai. I'm I like go, that guy. I'm going to say hi to Hyundai. He can't even say Hyundai globally. Gave us some he says globally. Yeah, Hyundai gave us some context because Hyundai. it's it's a Korean word. Well, I do. Was rem- it Korean? Is that what he said? Yeah, it's a Korean car manufacturer. Mm. I do remember back in the day, the Hyundai XL was that entry level car. <laughs> It'd get you into the market. I have. And I don't know why. We all get high in Hyundai's. I just have a really (laughs) big problem with the XL and I don't know why. I've just always had a problem with it. I don't know. I just hated it. I think maybe there was people I didn't like that had them. There was just always had a problem. And I'm really sorry. I think there was a dude in the- I can't uh, help it, but I just don't In the town of Young who had a hotted up one. (laughs) 
And and because Young's got like a roundabout at each Did end. it have tribal stickers? No, he, no, it didn't have tribal. Oh, maybe it did, did it have, have tribal. Sick spoiler. I don't remember a lot about it. I remember him doing manies in it, and I remember when he when he got did out. Did he jack up the fog light and make it brighter? He had a personalized number plate that said Mister Sick XL, <laughs> and. And a polo shirt with that logo printed no. on it as well when he got out of the he car. He had a shirt for his car. Yeah, he was really serious. But I don't wow. think, I think, and I think he would have pronounced it Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Gets comes out yeah, in 2002. The Gets, not the XL, the Gets. We're talking the about the Gets, yeah. That's the model up from the XL, is it? No. The oh. Accent came out after the XL. And they were expecting the accent to do as well as the XL. Because ta- XL ta- went crazy. Are they taking the piss? Like they've got, they got a car called an accent and we don't know how to pronounce the <laughs> manufacturer. That's a really good point. Hyundai. Hmm. Hyundai. Maybe they were trying to school us all this time. We never realised. Yeah, okay. The accent came out and they lost 30% of the youth market with the accent. Really? People just weren't – people. People weren't going for the accent as they were for the XL. So they thought the Gets. Because well, it's, it's got a parcel shelf that you can put the hat on the oh, accent at the back of does it. does it? Yeah, I think so. That's where you went wrong. Yeah, probably. I think it was a little more expensive as well. So well, they saw the Gets as kind of the, the big yeah. saviour to bring back the youth market. And they right. had the three and five door hatchbacks. Mm-hmm. Gets is actually meant to be a bit of a mashup of get it. Right. The two words get and it. Gets. Okay. Uh, it's known as the Hyundai Click in South Korea yeah. and the Hyundai TB, which stands for Think Basic oh, in Japan. Tuberculosis. No, think, the Hyundai Tuberculosis. Think Basic. That's okay. not an ideal slogan. Cool, yeah, Basic. Cool. Yeah, yeah okay, Basic. Sure. Yep. In 2003, it won Australia's Best Small Car. Yep. I also won it in 2005. Oh, spoiler alert, we save that for the podcast in the future. You know, oh. we do run on a best small car or I don't think it had a spoiler. We might no be starved for alert. content. We're going to have to It was revisit. a hatchback. Don't, they okay. don't have spoilers. Right. 152,000 was sold in Australia. It was replaced in 2008 by the I-20. Can you, can you just leave the dad jokes to me? Thanks oh, sorry. Much. Did I? <laughs> Still your dad thunder. Uh, it had a 1.54 litre cylinder engine, 74 yep. kilowatts of power, McPherson strut front suspension, 45 litre fuel tank, rear drum brakes, driver's airbag, four speaker radio slash CD player. And, oh, the clincher, right. the most important feature of the Gets, the large offset Rear fog light. A was rear back. fog light. That's what the XL had. So you can see who's creeping up behind you. That's what the XL had. I've reverse. always wondered why it had a rear fog. How is that helpful to you, the driver? Well, it's not. If it's foggy. Well, it's helpful t- for someone not hitting you up the backside, but that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. Uh, well, not it really. It just always perplexed me. It's not me. really. I mean, have you ever had whiplash? Like, it's not much fun. <laughs> A rear fog light would definitely present that. Well, Pre- maybe. Present that? Prevent that. <laughs> you should have got to get because it had one. It had a big-ass rear fog light. Great. Fourteen nine ninety drive away. Oh, no more to pay? No more to pay. Yeah. Drive away. You could pick up the 2002 model today on carsales.com for yep. around two grand. Two grand. Mm, With local, have pretty With high the fog kilometres. Light. Yes. The fog light, as long as the fog light's as still working. As long as that's still morning. working, as long as that's not on the fritz, I'm in. Yeah, right. 
They um, promoted this through a series of Vox Pops, I believe. Is that correct? Well, they were written Vox Pops. So it was like a Q&A kind of sesh with oh. people that had purchased the gets. Yeah. And it was in the paper. So there was a series of people that were asked a bunch of questions. And that was the newspaper advertising About campaign. their gets. I feel mm. like we're really um, over-servicing Hyundai here and some sponsorship uh, dollars. I think you'll find it's Hyundai. Okay. Well, it, maybe we could clarify that when some sponsorship dollars start rolling in. <laughs> because you know how they do the dramatic recreations? You've been busting to to get on Media Watch or one of those where they've got the reenactments, haven't you? Here's something we prepared earlier. Hi, what's your name? Uh, my name's Joy Field. How old are you, Joy? I'm 40. Uh, what's your occupation? I'm a florist. What sort of car are you driving at the moment? I'm driving a Hyundai Gets XL 1.3. Why did you buy it? Well, I've had a Hyundai before, but I also had a really good sales lady. I know it sounds corny, but I put my daughter's Barina in for a service and ended up driving out with the Gets. Which other cars did you consider? The Hyundai Accent. What did you drive before this car? A 1994 Hyundai Coupe GLS. And what do you like most about the car? Well, it suits my budget and it's pretty roomy inside and it gets me from A to B. What do you dislike about it? Nothing, not really. The white interior in the back marks really easy, but... And how could they make the car better? Change the water interior. I'm fairly certain, based on actually hearing that mm. as opposed to reading it, mm. that none of those Vox Pops that they did actually happened. They're all fake. And I, I don't think putting your daughter's barina in for a service and driving out with a gets is corny. It's BS. They're not. They're, 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 these how does never that? Happen. How does that actually sound corny? And did you get your daughter's barina back, or did you switcheroo the barina for the gets? Yeah, there goes what a, happened here? We need some more information, there Joy. Go, there goes the sponsorship. We yes. blew it. Well, we don't even know how to say it. So <laughs> we got away from the news pretty easily. There, I think I'm going to make it a policy mm. to just keep the news a bit briefer these days because all these bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's stick to maybe one bad thing. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Uh, like, uh, are we talking about the podcast as a whole? <laughs> <laughs> that's just one bad news item. All right. Uh, that works for me. I can do that. At least that's one thing we can agree on because we probably can't agree on music, so we just kind of do bits and pieces of all of it. So let's get into music for this week. Let's start with the top five on the US charts this time 20 years ago. Five. I said it's Is that uh, same as last week? 
No, there's been a little switcheroo. Oh, you didn't there? notice? I notice, care, uh, sure. <laughs> Hot and her oh, has dropped back to number five. It was Great. number four last week. So I am thinking it's on its way out. Fingers crossed it's on gone its next out. week. We're going to have a little celebration. A yeah. Cleaning out my closet is number four this week, was number five last week. Yep. Complicated Avril Lavigne, still number three. Gangster Lovin', number two. And uh-huh. Nelly Kelly Dilemma, number one. Great. Excellent. Over on the Australian charts is still this one. Tell me. That'll do. Oh. Okay. We just played it. That'll do. We've played it. We just heard it in the billboard one. for Avril, please. Uh, Whatever. Like, we've played it already. Okay. Number one in the UK, still the same as last time. Not quite as good as the Blondie version. The tide is high, Atomic Kitten. Uh Uh-huh. And number one in Germany. Can I say it? No, 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 no. I've been practicing though. I've been trying to get a little whistle in the last bit. You know, like the old man whistle? No. In it at the end? No, don't, because then you'll say, well, the creepy guy or family guy. (laughs) Don't talk about him. Okay. (laughs) So, quite boring on the charts for singles, but we did have a few albums released. We did. We had one for our favourite uh, sock collaborators. Oh, we haven't heard from these guys since like last year when no. we did some of the early podcasts. Yes, and we found out that they brought out socks that you can still buy, incidentally, on their website. Oh, that wasn't interested. our idea. They actually did that, didn't they? They did yeah, do we that. we were more about the Beck and Leighton commemorative plates and stuff. right? And the yeah. hubcaps and as the well. Hub- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make them in prison. We are talking Lifehouse. They had an album released this time 20 years ago called Stanley Climbfall featuring this single. Called what? Stanley Climbfall. All right, featuring this single. They are just such a nice, safe band for record companies and radio stations, aren't they? I don't recall ever hearing that song or any of the others from that album. I don't nah. think they were that big in Australia. We were like hanging, hanging by a moment yeah. and then that was it. We never moved much. on from no, that. We, we just didn't. kept playing. We still play it, yeah. don't we? Yes. Pretty much. Enrique Iglesias. Am I allowed to say his name? Is that all right? Yeah, that's okay. Put a little roll you of roll the tongue. Your, oh, Enrique had his sixth studio Actually, album. No, I should just stop. Okay. Um, and it was his fourth Spanish album. Well, I'll let you pronunciate the title of his Spanish album. Quiz Go. Us. Oh, Quiz Us? I don't know. Translates don't know. to? Trivia Night. Maybe. Oh, is that what it is? Maybe. Quiz Us? Quiz Us? Featuring the single. la vida It's smooth, isn't he? I agree, koalas. Getting the koalas going. Old Enrique. It's kizas. Yeah, you got it wrong. Kizas. You should have asked out. Which means to suck up to someone. (laughs) Kizas. Anyway. No, uh, it means maybe, okay? 
Maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what gets the koalas going anyway, Enrique. I mean, they're only, I was going to say they're only human, but they're not, they're koalas. Anyway. Disturbed from Chicago also brought out an album uh, this time 20 years ago. Was the album was called Believe, I think. I never liked Disturbed. They were just like the bottom of the barrel new metal. You know, everyone would remember them for this song. Oh, wow. No. It's what it sounds like. No koalas. Okay. Well, I just like, I mean, the dude's doing the whole, all the grunting and stuff like that and then he, mm. you know, uh, disturbed. So but, that single that you just played wasn't nah, from No, that was like album. down with the sickness. That was the thing that, that kind of broke that band. Uh. And then, but then they came back a couple of years ago with that cover of Sound of Silence, Sounds of Silence, the oh. Simon Garfunkel song. Oh, I learned how to play that on guitar. I'm Did interested you? to hear this. I wasn't a fan of no? Disturbed. No? Everyone was like, you've got to listen to this Disturbed cover of Simon Garfunkel. It's so good. And all I could think of was the, the uh, wah, uh, 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 guy. And he had interesting piercings, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he had like a couple of, um, It was like, I think he used like drawer furniture. Yes, like they were very large and it went sort of right around his chin. Yeah, he's got, got a couple of drawer fittings from Bunnings, a couple of drawer handles. That's well, just not practical. With a straw. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Right. Stick them in the holes. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe an album that you were a little more interested in. I did like this. These guys mm. were a little bit more metal core. This is a band called Shadows Fall who released an album called The Art of Balance, which was a pretty good album by Shadows Fall standards. Playing the drums must be tired. Yeah, he's working hard, wow. isn't he? So that that was like they started out more death metal but became more of a metal core kind of band down the the sort of vein, same vein as um Kill Switch Engage. And with like that. that does sound a bit Kill Switch. Are yeah. they an independent like do they release their stuff kind of independently? Is that uh I think Century Media maybe is the label that they were on. Interestingly, though, Adam D from Killswitch Engaged has produced a lot of their albums. I'm just not sure if he produced that one. And he actually filmed filled in on drums in 1996 for them mm-hmm. for their when they they had a like a, a new. The, I think their drummer David Germain, who was the drummer at the time. Uh, I don't know, something happened to him, he got sick or something. Anyway, they're from Boston, Massachusetts, and I I really like them. They're very – the one thing I really – that really stands out is Brian Fair, the singer, Mm. and his dreadlocks. Yes, he's well known for that, isn't he? Just the longest Mm. lot of dreadlocks I think it was, yeah, some kind of record, wasn't it? uh, Maybe, maybe. Mm. They're incredibly long. I think they, like, drag along the ground. That's how long they are. Can you imagine how that smells, though? Yeah, probably. Well, I'm sure he looks after them. I hope he does because I've known people that just think that they don't have to wash their dreadlocks Uh, and that's how you make dreadlocks and you can smell them from the other side of the room. Pretty savage scalp conditions if you're not careful early. Mm. Anyway, enough of the hair care tips. Okay, sorry. That is their third album, which Mm -hmm. sold over 4,500 copies in the first week of release and debuted at number 15 on the top independent album charts. 
4,500 doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're an independent mm. band struggling from Boston, Massachusetts, and you've got dreadlocks to drag on the ground because you can't mm. afford shampoo, yep. it's extremely That's important. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they, they've worked very hard. Like I said, they sort of those death metal roots. They wanted to get that melody and aggression, and I think Adam Dutkowitz from Killswitch Engage had a lot to to yeah. to do with that. He, yep. he was pretty influential on them. So the song Thoughts Without Words, which was the one you were listening to then, was about Buddhism, believe it or not, and oh, it based around meditation so and yoga. Zen. So Didn't you just zen feel like, like and relaxing out? and yeah. calm and, yeah, did an accidental fart, which uh, always yeah, happens when know, you meditate. Like, I did that one of those and my chakras feel aligned. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Um, they've done about seven studio albums to date now, two compilations, nominated for two Grammys, oh, won the really? Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award for Best Underground Act next year in 2003, spoiler alert, <laughs> stick it on the back of your Hyundai gets. And they had a farewell <laughs> tour and went on hi- hiatus in 2015, but they got back together to do a one-off show in December last year, yeah. Shadows Fall. Nice. Not like my favourite metalcore band, but definitely a metalcore band that I like. Hmm, definitely something worth a listen. Yep. Now, big music news on the 20th of September. Yes, Courtney Love announces that her legal dispute with the surviving members of Nirvana has resolved, which paved the way for You Know You're Right, the single to be released on an upcoming album, which was Kurt's last recording before his death. Good song. I love Kurt's voice. Mm. Love it. I just love that. Ah, it's great. It's yeah. awesome. I think Courtney, and the reason why it, it just saw the light of day, and I'm so glad for the sake of the fans that it did see the light of day. And the other band members as well. Yeah, well, of course. I yeah. don't know. I think actually I do think that that would have been very hard for all parties mm. involved. I mean, these guys are in a band with a guy that they've been friends with. They yeah. watched him go off the rails yeah. and then it eventually ended Badly. Mm. Uh, so I think it would have been bittersweet and probably more bitter than sweet at that stage, especially mm. with all the legal crap involved. I feel like Courtney probably had a bit of legal fatigue because she had a couple of lawsuits on the go at the time. Mm. There was one about her contract that she had with her band Hole being unlawful and cheating her out of royalties, and another where she was blocking Universal Music or Kurt's bandmates for releasing any Nirvana recordings, which is the one we're talking about then. Mm, mm. And then the two musicians, Dave Grohler and Chris Novoselic, countersued and accused her of trying to wrest away control of Nirvana for use as a weapon in Hole's contract dispute with Universal. So they're all like tied in together. And yeah, it was just they, very were saying, messy. they were saying that she was kind of using that as leverage yeah. for the issues that she was having with her own band with Universal. Yeah, which, if like, that's true, that's not okay. Oh, I don't know, Courtney, just calm down. She had like, Huge legal bills. Mm. The rulings weren't going away. She was worried that the song would be leaked onto Napster or the internet well, somewhere. Although that's what had been happening a lot that year. Napster had kind of started to fade away at this stage, So, mm. but still worried about it going out on the internet yeah. like we talked about Napster a couple of weeks ago. She decided to accept a deal. She was freed from a contract with Universal. She received ownership of Hull's unreleased material and she got a $4 million advance against sales of new Nirvana recordings. So she profited really? from that. Yep. 
Yep. Because was did. she was she how was she involved? Was she the manager or something like that? No. Nah. Like what? She was the wife of Kurt Cobain, and that, so that was the reason why she got. I don't know. Maybe paid for the I, release to, of the songs. I wonder. I wonder or did if, she get ownership of I, the songs I, after I he think, died? Or I don't know. It's it's it's, it's very odd. messy. There would yeah. have to be a lot more research. But I do wonder uh, whether or not Kurt Cobain actually had a last will and testament drawn up. Yeah, okay, you know I mean? that's possibly which it. would have yeah. created even more of a mess, mm. I dare say. So just it was just mucky. It was just a really mucky situation in which she was not getting it. Yeah, fun fact about Courtney Love: mm. she was one of the early singers of the band Faith No More. No. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Google it. You'll see footage of her and hear recordings of uh, Courtney jamming with Faith No More. I do enjoy karaokeing the "Oh Make Me Over." What's that oh, one? Um, celebrity from whole celebrity skin. skin. Yeah. I do enjoy singing that song, but mm. I don't like her antics. No, she's she misbehaves, and mm. it's not appropriate. And people that don't normally misbehave is country and western singers. Actually, that's not true. They're just as bad as the rest of them, anyway. But there was a, a gig. There was a big gig in music news on the twenty first of September, uh, and uh, it was an aid concert, Farm Aid fifteen, Farm aid. I believe, yes. held in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania. And Willie Nelson, was he one of the headliners for this? He was a headliner. I think he was also a founder of this farm aid. Mm. And he explained that they were out there fighting for the small family farmer, which basically means they're fighting for the American dream. Well, Willie Nelson is more into hydroponics, I believe. (laughs) His own kind of farming. So he joined with John Mellencamp and Neil Young to start Farm Aid back in the 90s. I think it was 1985. Bob Dylan had made comments about family farmers during the Live Aid benefit. Remember Live Aid? Yeah. Saying that he had hoped that some of the money, just a little bit, but some of the money could help the farmers. This was really heavily criticised at the time, as you can imagine, yeah. because that's not what Live Aid was about. Right. But it did inspire Willie, John and Neil to then start Farm Aid off the back of it. And at this point in 2002, it had raised over $15 million for family farms. Good on him. Mm. You know, Willie Nelson, he's going to be 90 next year. No. Still going strong. Isn't he? Yeah. I like him. I, like oh, I, I just wonder. I wonder <laughs> if he's if if what he does uh, in his part for his pastime maybe maybe it's preserved has, him. Well, pickled if, him. If it was alcohol, it would. But <laughs> every, for anyone who doesn't know, Willie Nelson is a consummate dope smoker oh, slash yeah. connoisseur. He yes. is uh, he's a very big cannabis user. Yes. and uh, I, I know that other performers on the on the bill for Farm Aid included Dave Matthews, Keith Urban, uh, Leanne Womack. Kid Rock was there, mm, probably, as you'd expect. Probably yes. hovering around Willie Nelson trying to get some stuff. Um, <laughs> Kenny Wayne Shepherd was there, the drive-by truckers, Toby Keith. And interestingly enough, the proof is in the pudding with the song that Toby Keith made about Willie Nelson. You're having a good time. Hey, all of these artists have one thing in common. We've all ended up on Willie's bus after the show and... Me and my buddy Scott Emmerich wrote a song about it. I think y'all can figure it out. I always heard that his herb was top shelf. <laughs> Lord, I just could not wait to find out for myself. Well, don't knock it till you tried it. I've tried it, my friend. 
I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. <laughs> so I've got, I've got a fair, uh, fair uh, impression that Willie obviously puts a few people under the table when you go on tour with him. I think Snoop Dogg has talked about um, hanging out with Willie and, and how difficult it could be. Mind you, I saw also saw an article about Snoop the other day and as a result of his amazing joint rolling skills, he's really good at making sushi. Is that a fact? <laughs> yes. I just, I'd like to see a dope-smoking death match between Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg. I mean, <laughs> yes. Willie Nelson's pushing 90. That might put him into an early grave. I do, anyway. I do think they're friends. And it does remind me, have you seen the meme, and I love this, where they describe country music and they say, country music, it's basically just farm emo. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's excellent. You know, you're saying that Willie and, and Snoop would be friends. People who smoke excessive amounts of dope don't have time to be angry about anything. They're friends with everyone. Yeah, they're just like the koalas, either right? That or they just they, <laughs> even if even if they weren't friends with everyone, by the time they actually have the opportunity to react to a situation, <laughs> it's a week later. <laughs> Let's go to the entertainment. Let's talk about the idiot box and what's on at the box office. Yes, a lot this week, really? 20 years ago. Thank yes. goodness. We had a new number one in the US, this movie right here. It began as just another day on the south side of Chicago. All right, now listen up. Give me your wallet and your jewelry won't be no problem. Eddie, <laughs> get your sleeping boys along. Sit down. It became... An extraordinary day at the barber shop. I need a cut. A little off the top, long in the back, but not quite no shag. Slope to the left like Gumby. Eddie Monster in the front, a little white cliff on the right. Come on, hook that up fine. <laughs> white cliff on the right. I, I liked this movie a lot. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was a it was a dramedy. Oh, I love a dramedy. Yeah, directed by Tim Story, produced by George Tillman Jr., Robert Title, and Mark Brown. Ice Cube oh, the had man. a lead role in it. Anthony Anderson, Sean Patrick Thomas. Eve was in there, Mel. Yeah, you're a fan of Eve. Love Eve. Uh, Troy Garrity. Cedric the Entertainer was in there as well. Big fan of Cedric the Entertainer. It was a great film. It was just about the social life in a barbershop on the south side of Chicago. And there was it inspired a series. It was the Mm. first installment in a series. I think somewhere along the lines in the film. Something happens, developers come in and they have to sell the shop or maybe it's, you know, standard, oh, we've got to sell the shop. No, the shop's saved, yay, end of uh, movie. So, yes, okay. Whatever. Yep. But just a good feel-good film. Yeah, and if Ice Cube's in it, I think ev- I've liked everything that he's Ice been in. Ice Cube's great. Ice Cube does comedy so well because he's such an angry man. <laughs> he's a very angry, funny guy. <laughs> I love uh, Ice Cube's hilarious. He's so good. He's probably one of the greatest rappers of all time, if we're yes, being honest, yes. too, especially with that voice. He's just, But he's, his side hustle of movies, he's just a very good cranky yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Although, well, the number one film in Australia this week is Triple X, and I, I, they oh. put Ice Cube in the sequel of that. <laughs> it's oh, just like Ice Cube is a secret agent, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, it just that didn't work for me at all. Then on the 16th of September, big news, mm. big news for people who are into daytime, to Willie Nelson fans who probably should get a job. Yes, or people who are chucking a sickie from school. Yeah. We had a new talk show to watch while we were having our continental cups of Did soup to make that, us feel better. Let's. I mean, those talk shows back in the day, um, Donahue. 
Yes. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, of course. Jerry Springer. Jerry. Uh, Maury. Maury Povich. Povich. He was always the one that did the paternity test to find out if it was somebody else's kid. Who was the guy? Donahue. Remember Donahue? Uh, Yeah, Phil Donahue. Oh, did you already say Donahue? Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I was a bit slow. Yeah. I remember Donahue. He was probably one of the first ones that we got over in Australia. Yes, and I remember thinking, you can't do that. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yes. Yeah, just what happens if the Golden Girls host a talk show. <laughs> um, all of those. But yeah. then this one debuted, and this mm. this guy was endorsed by Oprah, wasn't he? He appeared. So we're talking about Philip McGraw or Dr. Phil. Yeah. He rose to fame by appearing on Oprah's show in the late 90s, the yeah. Oprah Winfrey now, show as intro, it was known back then. In the intro, you were like, well, I, I, I question his credentials. But I know, but he was on he's Oprah. He's got the stamp of Oprah. I shouldn't question anything to do with Oprah, should no. I? Like, I feel like like some kind of SWAT team is going to jump into the house right now and just like arrest me. Like, <laughs> Hoppo Productions, freeze! That's <laughs> <laughs> where we can see them. Oh, my god! That's where we can see them. Don't check under your chair. You go to jail, and you go to jail. I do feel like I do feel like questioning Oprah is going to have some consequences. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, he was he was on her show, and then she helped him launch his own advice slash talk show, Doctor Phil. And he does have credentials. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He's got a PhD in clinical psychology. Yeah, he did a year of postdoctoral training in forensic psychology. Forensic. That yeah. sounds. Interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. He did stop renewing his license in Texas to practice psychology in 2006 because apparently he didn't need it because he wasn't practicing it on the show. He's well, on what's TV. his show about? But he he's like giving people advice. Maybe he started a and blog. And he's still called doctor. So, as as I don't start, think you can keep your doctor. Sure you can. All you got to do is start a blog. As soon as you start a blog, you qualify you're for anything. I'm going to do a blog on brain surgery next week. Okay, sure. And then, and then the week after, I'll start operating. I'll buy you a cookbook. Be fine. <laughs> uh, some green smoothies will be fine. Uh, his advice and methods have drawn criticism because, at best, it's Why? simplistic. Well, this yeah, is from the TV. professionals it's that renew show. their licenses oh, and at worst ineffective or harmful. Really? The National Alliance on Mental Illness called his conduct in one episode unethical and incredibly wow. irresponsible. Well, this is what happens when you when the cream rises to the top and you're at the pinnacle, everyone's mm. just trying to cut you down. Oh, and the and the cases, the the cases that he dealt with over the years. Oh, yeah. A girl who was supposedly pregnant with baby Jesus. Wow, that's getting into Springer territory there, isn't it? The guy who changed his name to Sexy Vegan and tattooed it on his forehead. <laughs> guy who claimed he wrote Taylor Swift songs. That could be plausible. Maybe he did. Well, he's probably just deluded, that guy. Maybe he did. That's a, see, see, this is where I have a problem Maybe with he knew it. Okay, about so the scarf. Like, he's a psychologist. He he's a psychologist and he special. I understand why they make this call, right? He's a psychologist and he specialises in mental health, but he's got no problem with bringing any of these people with mental health issues onto his show uh-huh. and exploiting them for ratings. Right. And this is where I bring up the uncle and, and the, the questionable the questionable thing. Well, I'm always going to have a cup of soup and watch it on a sick day, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there were know. allegations that that came up, and they I think they came out earlier this year, actually February or March this mm. year. 
They were talking about the set being quite toxic for the people that worked there and there was a lot of name-calling, door-slamming, yelling and it wasn't a nice place to work what, by apparently. by Dr Phil or by the guests? I mean, you no, know, I think none it was of the by guests the, are very nice people. I think nice it was people. by the producers, oh, one really? of the producers. I don't know that there was anything really levelled at Dr Phil, but one person did go on to say, and this is this is where it kind of gets a bit concerning, that they were allegedly told allegedly, to – Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, Harpo, allegedly <laughs> told to withhold a guest's medication in order to make her look unstable when she went on stage. Yeah. So if that's true, yeah. that's a problem. Well, I- and I also question, they put them out there, they make these episodes, it draws the ratings, we all go, oh, my God, can you believe that? What do they do to support those people afterwards? What happens after that? After Mm -hmm. that episode airs and that person then, you know, becomes a laughing stock or a meme on the socials, who's there to support Well, he had Bam Margera on there from Jackass. Did he? Did a special with Bam Margera and his family. And how did that Uh, go? A few years ago. Probably not well. proof is in the pudding. Mm. Like, look at him now. He still Mm. didn't do anything for him Mm. at all. It just basically... Caused more of the downward spiral. I think it just you know lowered people's opinions of him even further. I mean, the guy brought it on himself. He did it all himself. I mean, he he's he's like, yeah, I'll use this opportunity to get on TV when he should be using the opportunity to get help. As do a lot of people that probably don't have that kind of profile. There was one person who he gave profile to. However. Oh, the, he launched this person's career. <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone remember this girl? I think a lot of people remember this girl. What was her name? Danielle Brigoli. Oh, yeah, this girl. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yep. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. Catch her outside I means she'll go outside and do what she has to do. That's what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is okay, all, yeah. This is all, but don't you see that this is all mouth? This is mouth. Oh, so, so you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? Danny, yeah, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place hey, and this is not the place. Sit down. Sit down. All right, Danny. Sit down. Flip me now. Don't flip me now. How old was she there? She's quite Teenager. young. Like Teenager. 14? Mum was translating. That was helpful. Yeah. Thanks for translating. Didn't <laughs> know what a hoe was, but thanks, oh, Mum. Thanks for didn't clarifying what, about didn't the Didn't know hose. what cash me outside meant Cash either. me outside. How about that? Cash me outside, hoe. Yeah. Uh, great. Anyway, mm. that launched her career. Those those lyrical skills, Yeah. those pronunciations just skyrocket. Yeah. And <laughs> She's she- now known as rapper... Bad baby. Legit to the coop, from the coop to the booth, from the booth to the shoot, to the show, on the truth. Paid a lot for the chain, kind of hard not to change. That's the price of the fame when they all know your name. When your friends turn to foes, gotta stay up on your toes. Never change, never fold. Bank account full of O. 18, living like I got me a Did she say hose in that? I don't know. There was she, a lot of words that ended up. I'd be disappointed if there wasn't a hose it's in It's a shame that. Dr. Phil isn't a speech therapist. Then we can understand what she was talking about. Don't hate it, though. Don't hate it. Don't hate it? I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. She's all right. It's not the worst. It's not the worst of it. She's all right? 
Nothing is all right about any of this. <laughs> Nothing is all right about any of this. People can't form sentences these days. Yes, well, Dr. I can Phil, understand the shadows 16th fall of September. lyrics better than I can understand Bad Baby. <laughs> I always thought it was Bad Barbie. I've always read it as Barbie and then I just realised today it's Baby. But it's got silent H's. It's yeah, thrown me you off. What, you know you're in it's... a Bad Barbie when I break out the veggie patties. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's go to another TV show. Can we get away from Dr. Phil? Okay. Let's, Let's get... play the theme song and see if we can uh-huh. figure out what okay. this show is. <laughs> Uh, eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, although I think they changed the title of it to Eight Simple Rules. If you were they? cool. Yeah, too many words. Too many yeah, words. Yeah, this is – I think this is – I remember this show because of John Ritter, so the actor mm. John Ritter, because he died. He died while rehearsing for this show. Yeah, that's in right. Fact. Because, yeah. So did he end up being in the actual? Oh, was, he, he, he was, was in, in the season show. one. He was in season and one, and then he passed yep. away before season two. I think they were rehearsing for season two, and yeah. he started having an episode, and they rushed him to hospital, and they suspected a heart attack. Yeah, which was wrongly diagnosed, and it turned out to be uh, aortic dissection. I think yeah. something like that, uh, rushed into surgery and sadly died that, that same day, which, just a few days before his 55th birthday. Which c- shocked the hell out of everyone, yes. especially the cast. Now, Katie Siegel, who you might remember from uh, oh, Married, Married with, with Children, Children, was on there. And and so they played the parents. Him him and her played the parents. And then yep. Kaylee Kuoko was she was in the nerd one show? One of the daughters, I believe. Is she in that? What's that so, nerd Big show? Bang Theory. Yeah, was she in that? Yeah, uh, Amy Davidson and Martin Spangers were in uh, this. So yeah, the, uh, that was tragic. That mm-hmm. but the, so that went to that was the first episode of that. That was the first airing of it. Yes, on the seventeenth of September, and I think they ran until. 2005. So they ca- they carried on. Yeah. So John Ritter, obviously alive and well for this first season, didn't make it through to the second yeah, one. Yeah. You know, another spoiler for a future episode of the podcast, but we'll get back to that anyway at some stage, probably in 2003. 20th of September was a show that I really, really liked. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free Take the sky from me Take me out to the black Tell them I ain't coming back Burn the land and boil the sea You can't take the this sky was, from me This was, that's Firefly ah. This was such a wonderful show Such a wonderful show It was a space western like Oh, it, logical combo It was just, it, I think... For anyone who was not Was it in, Cowboys in Space? Sort of. If you weren't into sci-fi, I think you could still find something in this show that you'd enjoy. It was just mm. really well done. It had it was created by Joss Whedon and it had Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres in it and um, Alan Tudyk, who it was awesome. He was in that show Resident Alien recently where he played that. Oh, I like yeah, that show. He's excellent. So he played a character hmm. called Wash in Firefly. So that premiered in the US on the 20th of September on Fox. By mid-December, it had taken off. There's like 4.7 million viewers per episode in the States. They loved it. Which is bizarre because it was cancelled after 11 of the 14 produced episodes were aired. Yeah, but then it took off. So what happened was is they released it on DVD yeah. and sales went through the roof, right? 
right? And then I think they got a primetime Emmy for visual effects in 2003 for a series. Mm. And so they, they, so this, this, the movie, the show was over mm. by that stage. It was gone. It was done. It wasn't coming back. But then in 2005, Josh Whedon produced a movie called Serenity, which continued the story from the series and wrapped it all up, which was wonderful. Oh, that's because, helpful. Well, there were so many fans of the show. It had a bit like, of a cult yeah, following, that, didn't it? Myself mm. included. I thought it was awesome. It was mm. so good. So in 2005, New Scientist magazine website held an internet poll to find out the world's best space sci-fi ever, and Firefly came in first, and then Serenity came in second place. So wow. there you go. Yeah. It's a great show. It, it's I think I remember watching it back recently and having a look at a couple of episodes, and I believe the aspect ratio might have put me off a bit. I can't remember, uh, but I, I remember thoroughly enjoying the series, and and it's it's definitely one that you could probably binge again. I reckon. I've never watched it. It was another one when I worked at a TV station, and I used to do the back announcers for the shows, yep. and it was on really late at night. I mm. think in um, sort of mid two thousands, it was your show that would come on at at eleven or twelve well, no, at the night. The problem with it was, and the same thing happened with Battlestar Galactica, and made me really, really cranky. Yeah. Is that the networks in Australia would shuffle the times around yeah. for these shows all the time, and so if you the, 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 any wonder they didn't succeed. Well, this one was always on. I think eleven or eleven thirty, and mm. I'm I'm a judgy McJudgington, and anything that's on after nine thirty. I just go, no, that's crap. So I judged. I, I judged probably because too they harshly. relegated it to late. I night. was like, that's on. That's on eleven thirty. I'm not interested. But yeah, maybe I need to eat my it words. Was more and about give it a go. I honestly think it was more for networks in Australia. If it wasn't reality or a cops or a doctor's show, yeah, then it was that's gonna get true. Pu- Push past the news. They this, put it on yeah, after the news. After Big Brother up late. Oh God, <laughs> that's horrible. What about with this? hot dogs? <laughs> Hot dogs. Remember that guy? Hot dogs? Hot dogs. What? What's your name, mate? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Oh, <laughs> Didn't he end up? He was from Canberra. Hot dogs? I don't know, but he had a, he had a show yeah, late well, at night before Firefly. Just like these, all these poor snapheads. Hey, hot dogs. Pa- What's happening? Death, <laughs> sociopaths and insomniacs all like staying up in the middle of the night ringing 1900 numbers to spin some wheel by, from hot dogs. To win That's right. Christ knows what. He had a chocolate wheel. Yeah. What's it? You've won a can of beetroot. Congratulations. From Hot Dog's chocolate wheel. Oh. All right, let's move on. What about on. this let's show, 20th of September? I think this one wrapped up. Oh, God. To make you uncomfortable. It away. does. It does. Oh. Unsolved mysteries. That, oh, isn't it? No. Just it's makes you the, feel. It's so is the host. He'd always like, like sort of sashay in and just have that really. What's like, his name? Uh, Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Yeah. What did Unsolved he say? Unsolved mysteries. I, yeah. I don't know, but he just like he had that look on his face, like he wasn't quite sure <laughs> he was there. You're or about not. to poo your pants. Yeah. Well, I think he already had. That was the problem. That was the expression that he mm. kind of had on his face. Mm. Um, so seven specials presented by. Robert Stack and friends. That's how it started. It began as a series of specials. Yeah, yeah. And then it became a series in 1988 and it went on for ages and there was like, it was always UFOs and ghosts and psychics and miracles. Uh, I think there was one about a guy 
who made water drip from ceilings and materialise out of nowhere while he was in a trance. But you know what? Maybe he just had, like, some really bad perspiration issues. That his sweat would drip from the ceiling just, and he, the walls, well, I not don't know. his body. You know, maybe just, like he was emanating so much body heat and musk that it would cause condensation. <laughs> I was at a gig once. Um <laughs> I was at a gig once where the yes, air conditioning was wasn't there? so good and they packed yep. the room up oh, too full. Oh, disgusting, disgusting. And, and it was about no. 40 degrees outside. It's raining it started, BO. It started raining oh. inside. Oh. And the, the rain was condensation oh. from – so maybe he was just one of those sort of That's things. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's anyway. so gross. I couldn't handle this because I, like, I don't like ghost content and there was too much ghost content. I can't handle it. I can't handle that stuff and that – that song just made me feel uncomfortable. Do you know that parents actually wrote into the show complaining About that a, the song, no, the song was creeping out their kids? The, the song, Mystery Song. That song was actually created to make you feel uncomfortable. There's some kind of research behind it and the, the way in which it was composed oh, really? to make you feel, Ugh. You know what would make it worse is if they got Bad Baby to rap over the top of it. <laughs> Didn't it get a reboot though recently from Netflix? Didn't Netflix? I mean, they they don't have. So the guy, he what was his name again? Uh, Robert Stack. Well, yeah, he he, died. he he passed away, and I think the show. So it was wrapping up twenty years ago. I think he was ill at this point when it was wrapping up, and then um, unfortunately passed away not too long after yeah, he passed from away his illness. Two thousand three. Yes, yeah. but um, I think then, yeah, in twenty twenty, I think it was Netflix did kind of a reboot. Of it, yeah. So he had prostate cancer. Oh, did he? Yeah, and then he, yeah, and that's and so the the show wrapping up coincided with mm. him, I think, being diagnosed with that, and yeah, then right. the following year he died, which is oh, very sad. sad. Uh, no mystery there. Everyone knew exactly what happened to him. <laughs> well, they did. They did. Yes, yes. It's in Wikipedia, okay, so right. it must be true. Okay. Sure. All right. What else have we got? Oh, nothing. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> Let's talk about video games. This is a game that I never played because I wasn't a baby. Uh, but but children. Offensive. Well, ch- no, not really. Children are really into this game still to this day. I think it's had a few iterations. Yes. But I believe now it, it was released in Japan in 2001. But mm. uh, bringing news from the Orient in 2002, yes. Animal Crossing is released in America and subsequently I think it comes out in uh, Australia in 2003, Europe in 2004. Yes. So I don't know if you're familiar well, – or you're familiar with Animal Crossing. I'm very familiar with Animal Crossing. It's the most frustrating, annoying game ever. Like it's I, uh, farm, uh, no, farm it's sims that. really, isn't well, it? Well, it's just everything happens in real time, right? Yes. And it did even back then as well. So it used to leverage the clock. Yeah, the, the, the clock the within the console. Within the console. Mm. So you played a human moving to a rural village populated with animals. But weren't they like human-like animals? Didn't they have sort of human- Animal-human hybrids. <laughs> you probably- no, they weren't some sort of Raelian dream. They would. They had human characteristics, yeah, so I think. You, and you, you didn't really have any objectives, but this raccoon, pot-bellied raccoon, who I think he's, I don't know, is lately that, um, it's Tom Nook now. Yes, his name Tom is, Nook. Right? Uh, he he bosses you into doing things like collecting things and planting plants and catching bugs and fishing and hanging out with people. That just seems again. This this makes me feel like the Sims for kids, like farm Sims. Yeah, right. Well, like pa- it's just like why wouldn't you just go and do that in real life? Go and collect some IRL bugs instead of listening to well, a maybe, raccoon I don't know, telling maybe you to teachers and patients. Get bugs. It's a raccoon human hybrid. No, 
Well, you can buy and customise things and stuff. It's hugely mm. popular, 2.71 million copies. It's had heaps of spin-offs. It's still going now. It became really popular during the COVID lockdowns and a lot of people started just buying the DS and only getting that particular game. I think mm. there was a lot of celebrity endorsements happening. I think Chrissy Teigen and Little Nas, is it Little Nas or Little Nas X? The yeah, whatever. Old Town Road guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he likes that, the, the farm thing. It's like yeah, farmville, it's isn't country. it? Look, Animal I don't know. Crossing. Rural villages populated by human-animal hybrid sounds like everyone spent too much time on Willie Nelson's tour bus. <laughs> but maybe it was that whole interaction thing because people weren't having that human interaction. They're playing like the kiddies version of, of Sims during lockdown. Is it like an MMO? Can you? I don't know what the latest version is. Can you interact with other people on there? Maybe that's hang out with. Maybe your that's what it is. Crossing? You could you could then hang out with your friends because you can do it in real life. I love that our son. Did he get stung by a bee? At, what did, what happened oh, yeah. to him? And he had the big swollen eye for he, a good week. He, he was kicked, so angry about that, wasn't he? He, ki- he kicked a wasp's nest. Oh, in his <laughs> character got stung and he ended up with a big swollen eye and he couldn't make it go away. He's like, Dad, you show me <laughs> can how you to fix my can eye. Can you fix my eye? I'm like, what have you done to him, mate? He's like, I kicked a wasp's nest. I'm like, I don't understand how this thing works. I know how he feels. I've got a bung eye because the dog licked mine and now I've got pink eye. <laughs> Hatches, matches, dispatches. Who turned, turned, turns? Birthed. Who was birthed? Who Came entered into the, world the world this time 20 years ago and is celebrating their 20th birthday this week? The 16th of September 2002, Abella Robertson was born. Who, pray tell, is Bella Robertson? She is the youngest daughter of Willie Jess Robertson and Corey Robertson from the reality series Duck Dynasty. Remember that show? Yeah, it was funny. It was great. I have never seen so many different versions of camouflage fabric. They had a really cool one that was like tree camouflage that I've never seen before and yeah. it had lots of orange. It was like an autumn camouflage. Oh, yeah. You do not want those ducks to see you. And if Amazing you, If you camo. go out in the wrong camouflage at the wrong time oh, of the year in the wrong environment. It's all over. They're going to spot you. Yeah, And then you've got Buckley's. <laughs> those ducks, the, you know. You could, or, you know, you could go and sneak up on them in Animal Crossing. <laughs> the show is about the lives of the Robertson family and their family-operated business, Duck Commander. Commander? Commander? Is that what they were called? Duck Commander. Duck Commander, Duck which Commander. is kind of their prize uh, product. So it's the name of the company and it's the name of their biggest selling product was it, called was it? the Duck Commander. A duck call. You know, oh, like, like a little a whistle. whistle thing a that whistle. does a... Like See, a duck. It, it would have been much more interesting if it was some kind of, I don't know, implant that you could put <laughs> inside the duck to then make them your duck servants. Yes. Duck commander. I see what, yes, I uh, see what you're thinking there. Raise an army of ducks. Mm, what mm. would they actually do for you? Because well, they could do lots of things, ducks. Like what? Like kill all the snails in your garden. Oh, yeah, eat um, some bugs. And, like, I mean, well, you know, ducks, you know, they can swim, they can fly. There's lots of things they could do. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just, nothing comes to mind at the moment. <laughs> I mean, they're ducks. So she's the daughter of the people that... They tend to crap on walking du- paths a lot at the oh, moment. Oh, do they what? And they hmm. walk out on the road and it just stresses me out so yeah, much. I hate that. So much, particularly when I'm walking along the footpath and I see them and I'm like, no, don't go out on the road. Oh, guys, come on. Get yeah, back see, over here. If you, it, well, So mate, stressful. Do you reckon the duck commander, 
commander. <laughs> you, you'd be like able commander. to lure them off the road. Off at the, the road. Very least. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, there you nothing go. Worse, nothing Maybe. worse than seeing a family of ducks trying to get no, across oh, a busy stop road. No, stop it. No. It stresses it, me out. It is. It's anyway. very stressful. Okay, sorry, but let's get so back Bella to Bella. Robinson. Back yeah. to Bella. Yep. She's the daughter, so you'll remember her from the show. Mm. Uh, have we got a bit of the show? I remember this from good. the show. I got to pee. You're going to have to hold it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got to go bad. Make it fast. Well, quit looking. I ain't looking. I thought you said it was coming out. Hey, it's hard to pee with somebody watching you. I'm right? not watching you, son. Nobody hey. wants to see this. <laughs> you better not be taking pictures. No, I'm not taking pictures. I was just... What are you talking about? Who's taking pictures? No, I wasn't taking Chase pictures. taking pictures. Chase taking, taking pictures? I had a call. That is true. I was not taking any embarrassing pictures. I can't wait to show you what I just filmed. Get it flowing. You don't get... Hits on YouTube for pictures. <sighs> what are you doing? It's your pee. Hey. I don't know what happened there at the end, but I heard him swallow something and say it was your pee. Uh, so she comes from good stock. Bella yes. had nothing to do with that. But No, uh, she didn't. Know, they used to, that's, that's, yeah, that's all they took away from that show. They used to fight mm. a lot and they had some really interesting camouflage right. prints. Right. So she's the daughter. And she got married. Uh, she got engaged in 2020 at age 18. Goodness me, that's uh, young. So young. Oh, God, gotcha, you're a wowser. This is what everyone's saying on the internet. You're yep. just like all the other internet wowsers. Yeah. Uh, her boyfriend of six months, Jacob Mayo. For six months. She went out with. Um, well, that's probably not Candace. too much. It wasn't a cousin, was it? <laughs> no, she went out with Candace. <laughs> I think her name's Candace Burr these days. The one from. Uh, was she Candace Cameron? And then she became Candace Burr. You know, the actress? No. Candace. No. Was she from Full House or something? Oh, really? Candace She's Cameron. so much older than her, though. No, no, no. She went out with her son. They were going steady, but oh. that's not who she married. She married Jacob. Say, I'm so confused, as in, always. In uh, June of last year, and all the Walesers were going, no, you're too young, and she just said, rack off or something well, something to that effect. She's, tw- she's, she's 20 happy. now. She's so, happy. Yeah, she's 20. She's happy. She's got a good family. She's got good camouflage and a good duck you whistle. You can't even drink duckle. until you're 21 in the States. What are you doing getting married at 18? Well, congratulations, Bella Robertson, yeah. and happy birthday for the 16th of September. What are you going to do at your reception? When you turn 20. Like, at 18. What are you doing at your wedding reception? If you can't, not legal drinking ages, 21 in the States. What, hunt Pokemon? <laughs> I don't know. You know, pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> yes. Party Maybe games. Maybe pinata. Great. Awesome. Why Let's, not? Can we talk about an older person who's having a birthday? How about this sure. person? I love this person. As long as you and I are cool. You know my code. Hose before bros. Uteruses before deuteruses. Got it. Ovaries before broveries. Mm. We make such good coffee. Do you know who that is? <laughs> I do. Of course you do. You're a big fan of that show. Amy Poehler, and yep. that's her in Parks and Rec as Leslie Nope, who is my hero. That is... I just love her. Spirit I love her animal. so much. Yeah. I just I would I'd love her job where she goes out and she does the community consultations. People throw things at her, she doesn't care. She keeps doing them. She Parks loves her job. She is the best public servant that ever public serviced. Great show. Amy Poehler, an mm. amazing comedian, yes. amazing actress, great writer, great producer, great director. Yes. Cut her teeth in Saturday Night Live. Yes, that's what she was 2000s. doing early two yeah. thousands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then in, I think it was, it was not until two thousand and eight you're gonna see Parks and Rec, but that is one of my favourite shows. Oh, so it just, it's my bad day show. makes it's me a, feel good on a bad day. It makes you feel good and you can pick it up at any stage too. You don't need to keep watching it right through. You can just grab an episode here and there and it's just 
just it's like a warm hug she's with a smile. Such a distinctive voice as mm. well. She's and she's so good in animation, in particular the film Inside Out. Oh, well, who was she? Joy, wasn't she? Yeah. She just embodies joy, joy doesn't she? Inside That's just. Out. I can't handle that film though. I always cry when Bing Bong. Oh, it's very emo. Bing Bong disappears. I get really. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Not Bing Bong, not the ducks crossing the road. This is too much. And the koalas. She was was married to Will Arnett, who is the voice of Lego Batman, and also Job on. um, Imagine them having a conversation together. Joy and Lego Batman. That would be good. Oh, he was Arrested Development, wasn't he? Yeah, two sons, Mm. Archie and Abel. They divorced in 2012, though. So, you know, nothing lasts forever. No, no. Yeah. Do we have a wedding? Have we got a wedding? We do, like, actually. If we're talking about divorces, like is there one that's, oh, these guys got divorced as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Another spoiler alert. Nothing the, lasts forever. <laughs> the 20th of September, it was nuptials for Matrix actor Lawrence Fishburne. Larry, to his friends. Also Matrix actor. Actress Gina Torres, who we talked about before. What was she in? Barber was it? Bar- yeah, she's in Barbershop. Was it Barbershop? Yep, she's in that we were talking about. Yep. Yes, yep. Uh, he married her. They met on the set of Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, got engaged in February two thousand and one, and then obviously married this week twenty years ago, and had their daughter Delilah in June two thousand and seven. It was on September twenty. Oh my goodness! The, like the fifteen year and no, yeah, fifteen year anniversary on September yep. 20, 2017, It was confirmed that they were separated. That's yeah, quite. But neat. they kept it a secret. They kept it a oh, secret. Oh, okay. So then they rev- they did the big reveal yeah. on the fifteenth anniversary of like, their marriage. Guess what, everyone? Hey, we're separated. It was maybe they had like a like a a party. Like a uh, what do you call like it? An anniversary party, yeah. and they went, "Oh, ah, uh, surprise! We're not actually together." You know how some people have the secret weddings? Maybe God. this was like a secret, <laughs> yeah, anniversary. I like, I, look, I like the idea. I think yeah. it's a novel concept, and yeah. might, it may take off, seeing as nothing will last forever. Yeah, yeah. Celebrate. We're okay, everyone. Have some cake. Yeah, but yeah. we're not together. Yeah, we're just not together anymore. Yeah. Which means that we're both back on the market, so we're going to get hammered Woo-hoo! and start working Keys the room. Keys in the bowl, peeps. Yeah. We, 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 and what we're going to do, actually, is we're going to split all of our friends in <laughs> half. So just bear with us while we work through the list. <laughs> if, 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 if Larry calls your name, you go to this side of the room. Oh, yeah, you're if picking Gina order. If Gina calls your name, yes. you go to the other side of the room. Yes, And I you're love never it. to talk to the other one ever again. <laughs> That's a great idea because that's what happens. Like you split your friend base in half all yeah, the time. Yeah, but if you could pick it, that was kind of like the the wrestlers when they were picking the, the good wrestlers who was going to go to. I was going to suggest like NFL draft, but sure, okay. if you wanted to go like a, a, a scripted sport, that's fine. Yeah, why not? Sports entertainment over a real sport. Marriage is a sport anyway, isn't it? <laughs> so it's podcasting and we've reached the end of this week's one, except for the one thing that we still need to do, of course, which is the movie clue for this week. Now I'm well, – I'm zero for zero because I got it wrong last week. Oh, I don't think you did. You no. you went you went too soon, and then no. you had a think, and no. you got it right. If so. I don't if I don't admit to it, then I've got no integrity whatsoever. Okay, sure. So let's just give me an opportunity to redeem myself this week. Here we go. Peepee, water and towels. Understand? Everywhere I turn, that she's peepee. I think I'm going to kill that woman. Is that Beverly Hills Chihuahua? <laughs> Oh. What well, is Beverly Hills? There's a movie 
called Beverly Zero for Zero. There's a movie called Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Excuse me, can we just talk about this for a second? Really? What is this? I've never seen this. I need to. Who's in it? Is Paris Hilton in it? Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Hang on. I feel like there's some juicy couture velour. Oh, it's garbage. And a dog with a pink collar and a really good hairstyle. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Uh, I wish it was, but it's not. I can't believe that you've watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua and it's top uh, of mind. Uh, that was, it, well, this, it, it, not only was it top of mind, but they made a sequel. They've made three of them. <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua is a Mexican-American film trilogy. The films are based a on trilogy. a chihuahua named Pappy going through adventures alongside <laughs> his family and friends. Okay? Okay. George Lopez is the voice of Pappy. Drew Barrymore's in it. Piper Parabo's in it. Okay. Jamie Lee yes. Curtis, Andy Garcia's is in it. Wow, this is like a legit a film, cast. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. But it's it's incorrect. <laughs> anyway, it was made in 2008, not 2002. <laughs> so uh, oh, so you out. weren't watching that. Play it again and well, listen to listen to the female voice. I don't want to sound crude, listen. but I guess I've screwed the pooch here. <laughs> listen to the female voice. Okay. Pee-pee, water and towel. Understand? Everywhere I turn, she's. Pee-pee. I think I'm going to kill that woman. A very famous singer. A famous singer. Like like probably the most famous. The most famous singer. Of our generation. <laughs> Maybe well, not. Listen to your backpedal. This is the worst clue ever. Very, very famous. Really? Uh, really. Had a very famous book. A singer with a famous book. Very controversial singer. A very controversial, like Madonna? Maybe. Madonna mm-hmm. in a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. In 2002. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a bloody... Um, it was a okay, yeah. There's water involved. It's it was a rom com, right? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Did, did Guy Ritchie have something to do with it? Oh, he probably did. did that would have been when she, she was, was with, with him. Guy Ritchie yes. at the time. I know what this is. Uh, okay. No, he, no, he didn't. Maybe he did. Hang on. Oh, what was it called? Swept away. Yes. I did, that's not warranted. I'm zero for zero. Did you watch it? Wasn't that, didn't that get? No, but I did watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua. It, yeah, okay, yeah. Because that, that particular movie did terrible, I remember, yeah, at the time. Yeah, it was a turd. It was yeah, awful. It was kind of along the lines of glitter in terms of the yeah, way it was received. Yeah, it's like, do you know what its ranking is on Rotten Tomatoes? Probably 3%. I'm just looking it up now. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> is it 3? 3%? Uh, swept away. I know at the time everybody hated it. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it was a turd. Like, I think so it, it was Guy Ritchie. I think it got a Razzie. Yeah, 5% on Five, Oh, I was close. I was very 5%. close. 5%. Yeah. Is that a critic score? Yeah, that's, on the audience score, 28%. So oh, they're that's a little not bit too kinder. bad. Well, it is uh, Madonna. Vomit. Great. Excellent. Sorry about that. No, um, that's a really, like, that's a really down note to. I can't believe that you watched the Chihuahua movie though, and not the Madonna one. Well, I don't know. It was probably on Foxtel or something at the time. <laughs> I just fell asleep while it was running. But I've never watched Swept Away, and I'm not going to go out of my way to probably now. don't. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes can't be wrong, surely. No. You know what can be wrong? Making this podcast go any longer than it needs to be. Come and find us on the socials: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I don't know. I've been I've been a bit lazy on TikTok. Have you? 
Yeah, I don't understand it. It stresses me out. I don't understand it. There's there's things on there that I think should be on the OnlyFans, not on the TikTok, oh. and it just affronts me. It's the Wild West. It's too much. It's too much. Too much. Uh, so you maybe just talk to us on Instagram. I, I, I sometimes dabble in the TikTok occasionally. There's some really good old school things about the internet on the TikTok, right. but you, you've got to filter through a lot of affronting things to get there. Yeah, I only really consume TikTok when I'm on the toilet, <laughs> let's, I'll be honest. Anyway, on that note, uh, T-20 Podcast is yes. what you need to search for. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week. See ya. Bye. And that concludes another week that was 20 years ago. Join us again next time for more not-so-ancient history on T-20. In the meantime, come and reminisce over on Facebook and Instagram. Search for T-20 Podcast. Podcast.